0: Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where
1: BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McLean.
2: What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McLean here alongside Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what's coming up on the show today. Week two of fall camp brought some chippiness and big plays, so we thought we'd talk to the biggest man on the team, Oklahoma State transfer offensive lineman Caleb Etienne, about how BYU's fall camp is unique from others he's attended. Plus, Weber State transfer defensive back Eddie Hecker talked to me about his goals leading up to game one and how the defense is stacking up. But first, college football flipped upside down last weekend as the Big 12 announced it gained three new teams in Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, which also meant we possibly witnessed the demise of the Pac-12. We have a lot to discuss. Cleon, what were you doing when you heard that Utah was joining the Big 12? And I don't want to hear about your reaction yet. We're going to get to that later. Where were you, though?
1: So I was in the broadcast building. Um, Actually, it was kind of funny leading up to it. So I was just getting in my car getting ready to come to work in the morning and I looked and I felt this buzz and I looked at my phone. I
2: thought you were gonna say I felt something drawing drawing (laughs) to me. The 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 force told me (laughs) that
1: something was going on. No, but I looked at my phone because I knew you know I'd been kind of keeping track of what was going on all week. And I looked at my phone and the alert says, it's an ESPN alert and it says, hey, guess what? Oregon's gonna it is it says they're all committed or something like that. I, I'm gonna get it wrong, but it's basically to me this is what I read. Oregon's all committed. Arizona may not go to the Big Twelve now. It's looking like the Pac-12 will survive. So I jump in my car and I drive to work. It's about a 15 to 20 minute yeah. drive to work. I get here to work. And everything is completely different. <laughs> in 15 minutes, everything changed. <sighs> and so the whole entire day, I'm just, I'm working and then I go scroll through Twitter a little bit. And then I'd work a little bit more and then I go scroll through Twitter a little bit more. Yep. And finally, you know, in the afternoon on Twitter, I saw that they had applied to be Big 12 members and I'm thinking, I don't see why they won't do it, and then later that not, later that afternoon or evening, I found that they were accepted.
2: And the broadcast building exploded. I'm sure. Uh the yeah. Sports. It, well, let's say the sports <laughs> department. Maybe not yeah, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Else. Uh, I was hanging out with my kids, and I I try to put my phone away normally when I'm hanging out with my kids during the day, but the, <laughs> so much was going on. I was on Twitter almost all day long. So, uh, yeah, I was just at my ho- my home hanging out with my kids. Check Twitter. Boom. I see that the University of Utah, Arizona and Arizona State were a blur in my mind. It was University of Utah that stuck out, and I could not believe it. Let's talk about all that happened over the last week. Washington and Oregon are packing their bags and joining fellow Pac-12 members, USC and UCLA, to the Big Ten. Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are now officially leaving the Pac-12 and joining BYU in the Big 12 for the 2023-24 season. Nope, I'm sorry, 2024 25 season so now the Big 12 is now the Big 16 after this season and the Pac-12 has now been reduced to the Pac-4 with Stanford and Cal looking to jump ship possibly for the ACC. Cleon we've known for a couple of weeks Colorado was joining the Big 12 but what were your initial thoughts when you saw that Utah Arizona and Arizona State were also joining BYU's new conference?
1: Loved it <sighs> loved it I love that the rivalries back I love mm. that they're conference rivals again I don't care what happened back in 2011 when Utah left to go to the Pac-12 and BYU became the Cleon has a huge
2: grin on his face, I by do, the way. <laughs> I do,
1: I do. listening? I have put that all behind me. I like oh, that these two teams are, are back playing against each other. Yes, yes, I am very forgiving. Thank you for pointing that You're wonderful – that wonderful trade out in me, you, haha, yeah. and, he-
2: <laughs> and very humble. All, humility is also a strong point.
1: I don't care what crazy BYU and Utah fans think or what they write on social media. It's good that one of the most heated rivalries could be back year in and year out no interruption mm. because they're non-conference rivals it's it's one of the few rivalries that's getting back together the only other one that i can think of off the top of my head is texas and texas a&m that's the only one that i can think of that texas is get- and oklahoma well but they're they, they, they've, they've yeah. been together you know yeah, it's yeah, fine yeah. i'm just saying oh you're saying getting back getting together. back together that they're conference rivals again yes because I don't think, if I have this right, I don't think Texas and Texas A&M have played against each other since the Aggies went to the SEC. So I I think this is great. Uh, I love the ASU and Arizona. I'm I'm glad that both schools are joining. I'm glad it's not just one of them because the thought was out there, oh, maybe it's just going to be Arizona that's joining. I'm glad that both of them are joining. They're close neighbors to the south. It's, it's nice that we now have neighbors all around BYU and your no, your closest neighbor is not Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas.
2: Even though I picture Arizona State like my two-year-old toddler and being dragged here, you know, like, <laughs> I don't want to go.
1: I don't want to go. I don't even care. I don't care that they, that they didn't want to I mean, where else were they going to go?
2: No, they had to. Yeah, it's they just like, w-
1: once Oregon and Washington left, it's just like, you may not want to come, but you got to come yep, somewhere. Sorry. So you might as well come and join the Big 12. And think about it. There are a lot of people in the Phoenix area. You know, it's good to have, uh, if we're going to talk television, it's good to have that many people yep. watching their games and they're now in the Big 12. Uh, uh, you know, I don't see the Big 10 expanding to any of the teams that have come to the Big 12 I don't believe that's going to happen. So I like the fact that all four of these teams—if we're going to include uh, Colorado too—all mm-hmm. four of these teams, I would think they're committed now. I yeah. mean this—this this is where where they're going to be. I, final thought on Utah: you get a good football program coming to the Big Twelve, Lauren. In the short term, that should enhance the conference's credibility. And we'll see what happens after Kyle Whittingham retires, but it's got to be good that going into 2024, as long as Utah can, can kind of keep going, keep the things going that they have going right now, automatically coming in, they may be the best team in the mm-hmm. Big 12 Conference in football. I and yes, that may, agree. yeah, I, that may, you may be upset at that, but if you're going to look at it from a conference-wide perspective, and if you want to look at it from BYU has got a, a grudge and they want to beat that team next year when they're conference members, I think it's great that they are a good football team coming in. So yes, I (laughs) loved it.
2: (laughs) I knew you would. I knew you would. I thought (laughs) about you when I saw it. I'm like, all of Cleon's dreams are coming true. Initially, I was happy when I saw that Arizona and Arizona State were rumored to join because they were rumored to join before Utah was in the mix. Then Utah got involved in the conversation. I didn't like it. And here's why. I wanted BYU to have their own thing. I like that BYU had their own thing, and they have for a long time, but now they were in a Power 5 conference. It was a different conference than the University of Utah. It brought different recruits, like recruits that maybe wanted to play more in Texas and, and different teams over there that that Utah would not be playing, and now that's all out the window. Like, now it's like, oh, we're, we're back together again, and I don't know. I it just... And that's the prideful side of me where I liked having BYU not even just have a leg up, just be on the same level, but do their own thing. And now they're doing the exact same thing. And so I think that's going to interfere interfere with in-state recruiting. And I don't know. But when the announcement was made official and there was no turning back, I forced myself to think of all the positives that will come from the each joining, you mentioned a lot of them. <laughs> I know it will be a good in thing an for your
1: voice, right? It's just yes. like uh, I know it's gonna be good. Uh, okay, okay. Uh,
2: I know, I know it'll be a good thing for college football to have one of the best rivalries in the country preserved while others are being torn apart. And it really is one of the best rivalries in the country. When you add religion, even though it shouldn't be in there, it's gonna be heated, and it's gonna be a good one. Um, it will immediately jump to the top of the Big 12 for best rivalries. Like, by far and away, yes, the best in the Big so. 12. Once Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC. I like traveling, that the traveling won't be so crazy for the Cougars now that with the additions of the Western schools. So, obviously, they're going to have to divide the conference somehow, and I'm assuming it's going to be BYU, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, all the teams kind of in this. I, maybe not, but I think traveling's not going to be so crazy as BYU was expecting with the addition of these teams, so there are some positives. Cleon, <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, what would you like to see happen to Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State? Poor guys, do they accept a merger with the Mountain West, or do they and take a step down, or do they go independent, sign a deal with a smaller conference like BYU did? What do you think? Uh, I, I would
1: actually like to see Stanford and Cal join the Big Twelve. I know that may be a stretch. Wow, but I want to see them join the Big Twelve now. They might think of that as a slap in the face just because of the academic side of things. But I, you know, it guarantees them good football games. They're going to get good football games if they come and play in the Big 12 and they're not going to have to travel very far away because Utah BYU and the Arizona schools, eh, they're not, you know, completely close, but at least they're closer than if they join the ACC. I just don't see them join joining the ACC.
2: So I have a question about how you said it might be a slap in the face because of academics, but Clearly, conferences are aligned for athletics. So, I agree.
1: I agree. No, 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 no. I totally agree. So I'm
2: curious when why the BYU that would be.
1: thing would come up and they said, well, they're not a research institution. Yeah. That's why we can't have them in the pact. Well, I'm right. like, What does that have to do with anything? Right. Who? Anyway, I I digress. I digress. Uh, The Big Twelve would finally be in the Pacific Time Zone and not in the pseudo-Pacific Time Zone with the Arizona schools. Because let's be honest, half of the school year the Arizona (laughs) schools are actually in the Mountain Time Zone. Correct. Uh, Just think of how competitive some of the Olympic sports would be. Stanford is awesome in everything outside of football and men's basketball. They're really good in everything else. Uh, Oregon State and Washington State, man. I hope that they can join the Mountain West. I still have feelings towards the Mountain West because BYU was in that conference. And it would make it easy on their travel budgets. I would love, love, love... Uh, to see some of the Big 12 schools schedule Oregon State and Washington State, BYU and Utah are going to need to fill some non-conference holes because they're not playing each other as non-conference opponents. Which, be...
2: which Oregon said they will still play Oregon State every year. Which is They good. did announce that, which I loved. We'll see if Oregon I St- thought that was awesome. We'll
1: see if Oregon State says, yeah, we want to yeah, play you every true. year now that's too. that's
2: true. And they might not want to play
1: BYU or Utah either. But it'd be, it'd be nice if BYU through a lifeline to both these universities and say, hey, we'd love to schedule you in a non-conference way, and we'll see. I don't see them going independent. I could see Stanford potentially going independent. I don't know about Cal, but I don't see Oregon State and Washington State independent. Maybe they do it in the short term because they can't do the 12-year odyssey like BYU did. By the way, I love Oregon State. I used to live in Oregon. And it's funny to me that they're actually closer to the Portland television market than Oregon is. Hmm. Even though University of Oregon has their own television market and it's a smaller market, it, you know, when you get Nike behind you, that's oh, why yeah. Oregon is Absolutely. such a big thing. So in, in the, the last thing I want to say is I, I hope they join the Mountain West, but in their last Grand Hurrah, I'd love to see the Beavers win the Pac-12 next year. <laughs> I have a, or this season, I'm sorry. I have a soft spot for them. You know, they were Pac-8 people, Pac-10 people, now yep. Pac-12. Let's finish their their reign <laughs> in the pac with a with a bang with the teams that they're in there right now. Go Beeves. I hope you win the Pac-12. That
2: would be phenomenal. I actually would love that for them. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see. what We'll see. You never know. I think Stanford and Cal would go independent before joining the Mountain West Conference. I, I do not think they would go to the Mountain West. I, I don't even think that's even in the realm of possibility. Ideally for them, the dwindling ACC will pick them up as part of their conference. Well, we don't even know if the ACC is dwindling. If it is, they could be picked up by them. Geographical conferences are out the window anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I would true. be I would be really bummed for Oregon State and Washington State if they had to take a step down, but I'm not sure what other options they have. That that seems like the most logical options for those two schools. Yeah. And it could be great. You know, it could be great for them. They could be the top dogs in a different conference. If the ACC does fall apart, realistically, which teams would Big 12 be going after? Does it? Do we want it to be the premier basketball conference at snag Duke in North Carolina, or do we care about that and we want to f- bring in someone better at football, like Virginia Tech? What do you think?
1: I think that they would love North Carolina. Yeah, but if the I ACC so, falls apart, I don't think they're going to get North Carolina. I think they're <laughs> North Carolina is either going to go to the Big Ten or the sec yeah so the north carolina to me north carolina is out i've seen national reports that uh, a lot of people are interested in virginia Mm -hmm. uh, going to one of those two big conferences the florida teams seem to be hot markets just because they're florida um so if i'm going to go down i'll go down the realistic path okay or what i think is the realistic path if north carolina is going to go i'm going to say go get duke and go get nc state Go get those two teams. You get two North Carolina teams. I'm not sure I'm sold on Wake Forest. Um, Sorry, Wake Forest fans. Uh, I'm just not sure I'm sold on you. Uh, Louisville would be nice for both sports. Uh, I would like Virginia Tech, but really they haven't been the same since Frank Beamer left. I know they have had some good teams since he retired, but I'm not sure. It might be a good team to have, though, next to West Virginia, Mm -hmm. so kind of close. Uh, My other team would actually be Georgia Tech. I think I'd want Georgia Tech in there. I know it's not Georgia— but they've had some historic, good, historically good football teams. I think if I'm going to recruit these teams, I don't want to go north of Virginia. So I don't think I want Boston College in there if I'm going to pick up those teams. I, You know, I would love a Florida State or Clemson. I just don't see that they're going to do well, it. So, no
2: way would Florida State and Clemson. They're no, going to to no. the SEC.
1: They're going to go to the SEC or they're going to go to the Big Ten. So, you know, pick up the scraps and you can be the third best conference. But if the ACC folds... Uh, you'd be the third out of three, so I guess there's that going for you. So just be the best basketball conference out there. Why not? Why not go for that?
2: Well, hasn't Brett Yormark basically said that? He wants to be the premier basketball conference in the country, so let's do it even though I love football, but oh well. Yeah, you know Florida State and Clemson, you know the SEC is just biding their time before Florida State and Clemson can get out of their contractual obligation to the ACC. So we'll see what happens there. The ACC is a fantastic basketball conference, so if Brett Yormark really wants the Big 12 to be known as the premier basketball conference, you could have your pick of the litter. Duke, NC, Virginia, Louisville, Syracuse, Miami. Those are great teams. No, they are.
1: They've, they, they've got some good football teams in the ACC. Yes,
2: exactly. And I'm more of a football gal, so I love the addition of Miami and Virginia Tech. But for now, it looks like the ACC is going to hold it together because it's too much money for them to bounce right now. So yeah. I, I don't think oh, yeah. much is going to happen.
1: $120 million <laughs> to get out of that contract. 100 100- million and twenty million dollars. I mean, I know, I know that the SEC. You will be
2: with us forever. I, that's basically
1: I, what they're saying. Yeah, basically, it would. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy.
2: Should the Big Twelve add more schools? Do you think, or is it at its peak with the current schools in the conference?
1: Well, if I'm logical, I think they should stay at sixteen. Yeah. I think they should stop. Um, I think that's good for right now. Now, if I'm illogical, which I like being <laughs> illogical, then yes, go out and gra- grab them. I, I mean, if we, if we have money as no option, I say go out and grab the other Pac-12 schools. Go out and get Oregon State, Washington State, Cal and Stanford. Not going to happen, but yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just being generous. Go get San Diego State. Uh, that way you're in, in Southern California now, too. I uh, Maybe if those don't work, or maybe you want to just keep adding. let's go for SMU. I mean, they're TCU's rivals, so why not go get <laughs> SMU? And then you dominate the Dallas-Fort Worth market, kind of, because most of those fans are actually going to be texas or texas a&m fans but you know a guy can dream um (laughs) if that doesn't work you know maybe memphis or uconn i I don't think that's bad i'm not a huge fan of going all that way north but you do have west virginia and cincinnati kind of up that direction so uh, i mean the conference span the conference span right now is huge anyway i guess if you expand it out that far maybe it's really not that bad if i had to pick teams if i was going to say the cutoff is 20 Ooh, that's a tough one, but this is Four what I more would teams. do. I would say Stanford Cal. Yeah, if you could, I'd say Stanford Cal, maybe San Diego State, and then I'd probably go UConn. If it's not San Diego State, then I'd probably go Memphis. Um, that 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 would those are those are kind of like my mix if, if you had to cap it at 20 teams.
2: I love the idea of Memphis, that's a huge market for me. It, it's all overwhelming, and I know it's the new reality, and, and super conferences might become the new norm. But it's hard for me letting go of the smaller conferences. There was a pride, rivalry, camaraderie, it felt like within these conferences. And it's just gone because it's all about money now. And I think it's always been about money to an extent, but it's just like, that's like all it's about now. And if the Big 12 decides to expand to 18 teams like the Big 10, I think it'd be fun to have UConn and Gonzaga as basketball-only teams, which is a possibility. Uh, They grow the brand, span the conference coast-to-coast like the commissioner wants, and I've always liked the idea of adding San Diego State, but that would have to be for all sports. Because I mean they're they're a great school. I think they'd be a great addition. And I love Memphis. I love the idea of adding Memphis. So we'll see what happens. Uh does this realignment diminish the product for you? I mean, like the fact that these conferences are just like bleh. <laughs> it's almost like an abstract yeah. painting. It's like, there you go. Yeah, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. Well,
1: let's just say this. This was kind of ruined for us. When <laughs> maybe maybe I'm not going back far enough far enough, but I would say this was really ruined for us uh, w- thinking about USC and UCLA. I mean, I guess if I wanted to go back a little farther, I could say, well, when Texas A&M and Missouri left the Big 12, that really hurt because you had built in rivalries there with Kansas and with Texas right there.
2: When Utah left for the Pac-12. Well,
1: no. And that's right? what I'm saying. All these things kind of yeah. added up. But the, the I think the final straw that just kind of makes everyone go, uh, I would still say USC and UCLA because yeah. all you think about is, wait, how is that all going to work? Mm-hmm. Their closest neighbors are, I believe, Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. <laughs> okay. so Minnesota. It, yeah, I, I don't know. I, here's what I'm excited about. I'm excited that BYU is finally get to, going to get to play with the big boys. I'm excited Utah's back. I'm excited that they get to play good teams in football and basketball. I really wish... I wish there was a college football czar because really this is college football. I really wish there was a college football czar that thought about not only football but the other sports and said, what are we doing? Let's make 10 team conferences. That way you can play each team once during the season Mm -hmm. uh, and then you can crown a champion uh, and and it'd be like the Pac-10 would come back again or something like that. And Utah and BYU would be together with Colorado and maybe in Nebraska or just something like that that represents the whole country instead of this mishmash of what we're headed towards, which is two massive conferences yep. with a lot of good teams, and by the way, some other teams that are going to really benefit, like a Rutgers.
2: Oh, th- yeah. Th-
1: who, who are benefiting, even though their athletic programs are not that great. But two huge conferences, and then the third or fourth best conference. I don't know. That's that's the way I see it heading. I, I, I would be surprised, actually, if the ACC splinters. I wouldn't be surprised if you have – the big two, and then the other two, which would be like the Big Twelve and the ACC, and and the other two kind of fight their way, kind of like what you have with like the Mountain West right now and other teams like that. It's yeah. almost going to be like a three tier system now, and BYU could be one of those teams on the outside looking in again, which just ah well just frustrates me.
2: For now, we will celebrate the victory that BYU is in Power Five conference. They're back with their rival Utah. And it's going to be really fun to watch that again. But we'll, we'll stick with the positives. Coming <laughs> up, I talked with new big man Caleb Etienne about who was the strongest guy on the team. Plus, defensive back Eddie Hecker tells me if he thinks the new defense is game ready. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Cleon Wall. BYU's offensive line is the deepest on the team and the largest I've seen in years. Six-foot-eight Oklahoma State transferred Caleb Etienne talked to me after practice about adjusting to Provo life and his goals for this fall camp. Here's the interview. Okay, Caleb, tell me a little bit about how fall camp is going for you so far.
0: Uh, so, started fall camp last week. Um, it's been going pretty good for the whole offense and, you know, me as well, just trying to get better and just keep learning the plays. Uh, just keep trying to, you know, stack days on top of good days here. Uh, you know, I had, had a lot of energy uh, starting fall camp as well with the guys, as you can see. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, it's been a amazing, amazing fall camp so far, and just I'm ready to roll.
2: It was fun to see all that energy on the field, a little bit of bickering, which which is okay right at this point in the season. but. Yeah. Is that has the energy stayed that the same from last week to this week?
0: Oh, oh yeah, most definitely. The energy did not didn't decrease at all. Like it's, it's just everybody had a high motor and just, you know, ready to attack today. And you know, you just got to have that positive attitude like that, you know, just with it on your mind ready to come, you know, and practice uh, but yeah, the energy been there all day every day.
2: You've been to fall camps at a few different schools, including Oklahoma State. How is BYU's fall camp a little bit unique from what you've seen before?
0: Um, from where I was, I feel like this fall camp right here is most definitely probably like, I ain't gonna say the easiest, but you know, it's 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 getting us ready for the season. You know, they're not, you know, just trying to, you know, t- tear our bodies up and you know just wear us out. You know, they're making sure that we're staying healthy and you know, we're just taking care of our bodies the right way than from where I came from, you know. So, I mean, I'm loving it, how the way they got it uh, set up for us, and it's really nice, so.
2: What would you say is your number one goal for fall camp as you prepare for Sam Houston in game one?
0: Really, just my main goal is just to know the whole offense, um, should be the the best O-lineman I could be, and just be a leader and help the guys, you know, heading into the Big 12, really. Uh, you know, just all, go. All, we all go on one board and just, you know, go dominate really, and just have that first, that that mindset of just, you know, but dominating every game really. So, just excited for the first game really, and just ready to play. That's it. You're
2: one of the offensive linemen that everybody's talking about. You're gonna be. Very good for the Cougars, but the offensive line in general is just very, very good. One of the deepest positions at BYU right now. What's it like working with all those guys?
0: I mean, it's amazing. You know, we got a lot of guys, a lot of depth, a lot of guys from different schools that came here that had a lot of playing time. So, you know, it's it's very like, you know, it's very good. You know, we just got a lot of great guys that's on the O-line, you know, that could play different different positions, not just tackle or guard. So that's just amazing just to have. uh but, yeah, it's, it's been nice, though, so far. Got to just have a lot of good good old linemen just to be around, learning from each other, helping each other. So we just learn and learn every day and just trying to get better.
2: We mentioned that you came from Oklahoma State from the, from the Big 12. There's obviously been in some insane amount of realignment going on. I know you guys are so focused on fall camp, but is that something that even in the locker room you guys are talking about, like, wow, what's next year going to be like?
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, really it's just, you know, getting a feel for, you know, not getting a feel don't you don't want to just going to big12 just getting a feel for it, but like you know just have that mindset like we're gonna dominate no matter you know where we came from, you know just got to have that mindset, uh can't just go in there and just think that we're going to win six games, no. We coming to play and you know win the Big 12 championship. That's just how you got to have the mindset, and that's what I'm. That's my mindset. That's been my mindset the whole time. So I'm excited.
2: I love that. You're obviously a really big guy, but you've already in fall camp gone against some other big guys. Who would you say is the strongest guy on the team beside yourself?
0: Uh, like against the, on the defense? Sure, or or offense. Whoever you uh, want. The to say. strongest guy, I'll say probably. Uh, I mean, a lot of D linemen They are pretty strong. The interior guys are pretty pretty strong. But I ain't going to lie, I got to give my props to uh, the Glasgow. He's number 13 for the, well, number 10. I think he's number 10. He played age. He he hit me pretty good yesterday, though. But other than that, I mean, like, we got a lot of strong guys on the D-line, though. But, I mean, it's just trying to make each other better at the end of the day. So, I mean, that's all that really matters.
2: I love that. You get to play in front of Keaton Slovis and some great running backs. What's your assessment of of the offense so far in fall camp?
0: Um, Really just... Trying to make holes for these guys and just get the, protect the quarterback. Like, gotta protect the quarterback, Keaton, you know. Um, gotta, gotta open up holes so, you know, Aiden and, you know, all the other running backs could run. Really just trying to get comfortable with them and how the way they play so we could play, you know, our game and make sure that they're scoring touchdowns and, you know, everybody's just happy at the end of the day.
2: Everybody's happy at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. mentality. Yeah. So you've been in Provo now for a few months. I know on BYU Sports Nation they kind of asked you what you like to do, but is there anything you've found here in Provo you're like, oh, I love doing that, or I love to eat there?
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I love to eat anywhere. I mean, if, you know, coming from Oklahoma, uh, Stillwater, they never really have as many, like, food options I here it's like, different types of cultures of food, which is amazing. I never <laughs> had a wine food when I first came out here, so that's pretty good, and, you know, just. And then they, and just here, they feed us a lot. So, I mean, it's been amazing, though. They just take care of you, make sure you're you know, fed. And and I mean, I, other than that, I mean, I like to go fishing, stuff like that. Uh, I want to start hunting or whatever. But <laughs> no, it's not that time of the season yet, but I want to start hunting. And that's pretty much it, though.
2: I love it. I'm sure there's a bunch of guys on the team that would love to teach you how to hunt.
0: <laughs> yeah, I already know. I'm going to have to see. I'm down for that, for sure.
2: All right. We're super excited to watch you play. Thanks so much for the time.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you.
2: All right, Cleon, it's time for our weekly college football countdown. We're only three weeks away from the game against Sam Houston. Sam. I don't know why that got up. In Lovell Edwards <laughs> Stadium. So here are some major threes in BYU history. Number one. Kyle Van Noy wore number three for BYU. The Kyle Van Noy.
1: So did Jaron Hall, who was yeah. on the team last year. He's now wearing a different number for the Minnesota Vikings. But, hey, he wore number three for
2: BYU. And that's not a bit of a stretch. BYU was ranked number three in the country in 2011. Hey,
1: this is my favorite. Danny Ainge is number three on the basketball team, men's basketball, for all-time scoring. He's also number three all-time in steals.
2: Well, there you go. Danny Ainge. But his
1: number was 22. We won't get into that right now.
2: (laughs) Maybe next week we will. Uh, When Jay Hill came to BYU from Weber State, he didn't come empty-handed. He brought with him NFL-bound defensive back Eddie Heckard, who already knows the defense like the back of his hand. I chatted with him after practice about what he's most excited about come Game 1. Here's the interview. All right, so tell me how fall camp's going so far for the defense, for yourself.
3: Um, For the defense, I think we're out there learning each each day. Uh, We make mistakes, but the next day we fix them uh I think everybody is understanding it more from the spring when I got here, and uh we're building that like that defense that we need to be that identity of like that tough, fast dominating defense uh for myself. I believe I'm getting better as well every day i think um yeah i think I think I'm just working on what I know I need to work on and taking advantage of knowing my weaknesses and taking advantage of them every day in practice.
2: You mentioned that the team is getting a little bit better and understanding the defense. And I'm sure you mentioned in during spring that you're helping out a lot with that. And obviously, they had a lot to go when it was springtime. On a scale from 1 to 10, how do you feel like the guys are understanding the new defense?
3: Uh, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's a 10. Like, I think everybody is just understanding it more. And we got a lot of players back, a lot of veteran players. In the spring, we were playing with a lot of freshmen and, newcomers as well like transfers so I think it's a 10 like as far as everybody understanding it and it ain't perfect but it's it's better than what it was I would say
2: now that you're able to watch the defense and play with the defense against the ones how do you feel like they're doing against that offense in Keaton's love Us?
3: Uh I think we're doing we're doing good uh, not great, but we're doing good, and I think it's good that we're not great yet because we always got something to work on, and and that's a good offense over there with the play calling and the players. So I think we're gonna get beat every day, and we're we're gonna come back. We're gonna watch film on it, fix the mistakes every day, and then it's next. It's the next rep. It's the next next day. We just we just learning from mistakes that we make, and it's gonna take us into game one. We're going to be ready to go
2: obviously your goal is the nfl and you mentioned during fall camp you're, you're learning your own weaknesses and trying to overcome those but what would you say is your number one goal for fall camp
3: um my number one goal is to not be the same player every day I just find something to work on every day each rep just understand like what's what am what what am i trying to work on like from the day before or from the rep before, like I think that's all it is really I, I don't think i I don't think I put too much thought into like, oh, I need to do all this because I've been a good player and um I don't think I need to change too much just work on the little things that'll get me to the next level.
2: you maybe know Jay Hill better than anybody on the team. How's Jay Hill the head coach different from Jay Hill, the defensive coordinator?
3: It's not much of a difference. I would say the only difference is. He's just not speaking to the team at the end of the day. Like at the end of practice or nothing, that's Kalani's role. But as far as coaching wise, he's still coaching numerous positions if he can. He always giving his extra input, like, to help. So think he's think he's the same person other than like just being that head voice at the end of the day.
2: Does he kind of use the same lingo that he did too?
3: Yes, uh, same exact thing. So I've been hearing them for years now. So yeah, same lingo, same everything.
2: You speak his language by now. Obviously, the communication is super important on the defense and with the DBs. How's that communication between you guys going so far?
3: Uh, it's going good. Every time we on the sideline, we're talking about something that happened on the field every time we're on the field we're talking like it's it's going good and we built a good relationship outside of football you know playing uh like going golfing together like just doing things outdoor activities together to build that relationship outside of football which is important
2: you don't have a lot of time outside of football but what's one thing you found that you like to do around the provo area to have a good time
3: god i'm just enjoying all the food spots that we got now uh when I was in Ogden, it wasn't that many food spots, so <laughs> I enjoy all the food around here. I I enjoy. Um, I'm got into golfing. I got into golfing, so it's, it's things like that. I, I really just stay in the house and chill,
2: though. <laughs> So you got into golfing. How how's your golf game? How would you say uh, your golf
3: game? It's not good. It's <laughs> not good. But we're gonna get there. It's but, not good for a reason.
2: It's all right, practice week football's number one priority, right? Who who's the best golfer in the D B room? Uh
3: probably as a safety crew, crew Wakely and then uh as a corner, I don't know. I don't know. We oh Cam good, Cam Gear is good. I know Mike and uh I mean not Mike uh Jacob. Jacob Goff's and Evan Goff's, but other than that, I don't know.
2: So my last question for you is: Sam Houston is in less than a month from now. What are you most looking forward to for that first game?
3: Uh, just getting back out there, just, just to that's the test. I feel like that's what's gonna tell me if I was getting better or not, and like then it just starts like with my with the reason I came here to get better every day, to. Get to that next level, making plays to get to that next level. So, yeah, that's what I'm excited for.
2: Thank you so much, Eddie. Thanks for the time. Thank you. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Caleb Etienne and Eddie Heckard for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.